0: Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth. Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. It's 20 October, Sunday. Time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And we had a tropical storm come over us yesterday, didn't we? I mean, it was here. I didn't even know it was coming because I haven't been online all week. I had uh, at 2.48 last Sunday. You wonder why I leave the church really quickly every Sunday? People are like, why does Charlie run out of here? It's because I got a lot of work to do. I I work until after 6 or 7 usually on Sundays. And last week at 2.48 while processing the prophecy update video, the computer went down. And Sergio stayed on the Internet with me until uh, 2.30 in the morning in Israel time just to be able to get the prophecy update done. I never got the sermon done. But you wonder why we have a backup camera and everything. It's because it was terrible. The computer went down. It was a brand-new computer, three weeks old, and it's still down now. So I've, I've lost uh, several Bible commentaries. And, uh I've lost uh, three weeks worth of photos and graphics that I do for the sermons and the updates and oh that means that today's prophecy update there'll be no photos so if you're watching this on YouTube you're not gonna get the regular photos but such is life not complaining it's just what happens and uh, so I I spent uh, three days on the phone with Apple trying to fix it I went into on Wednesday all day to the Apple store and they wiped it clean and uh, started again it didn't help so there you go. Our first category, as always, is Israel. Uh, you know, it was the most stressful week I've had since becoming a pastor. This week was the, the most stressful of all. And I might as well say it. If you've got emails to email, please don't email me for a couple weeks at least, maybe a month or a year. I, I just, I, I can't handle it right now. I've got so much to catch up on. But anyway, from the Jerusalem Post... Trump swears allegiance to Israel as he decries endless Middle East wars. Now, the title's a little bit misleading. He didn't swear allegiance to him, but he's standing by him. We are standing with our close friend and partner, the State of Israel, Trump said. As he reviewed the steps, he has taken on behalf of the Jewish state since taking office, including relocating the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem and recognizing Israeli sovereignty over the Golan Heights. The reason why this is happening is because immediately when he said he was pulling out of Syria, everybody started saying he's going to abandon Israel. Of course he's not going to do that. He's trying to get us out of, as he said, endless wars. There's a war machine in this country that that's all they want to do because they make their money by providing for the military and then from there it goes on and on and on. Anyway, Trump defended his recent decision to withdraw U.S. troops from the Kurdish region of Syria along the Turkish border a move which paved the way for Turkey to attack the area. We've seen that over the past year. The decision has sent alarm waves across the Middle East, where it is widely thought that Trump abandoned the Kurds after they had staunchly allied themselves with the U.S. in the battle against ISIS. Trump said that he planned to protect the Kurds with the threat of economic sanctions against Turkey. We know that he sent a letter to the president of Turkey, and he threw that in the garbage can. And so things are happening in the world, but he... You know that's what he does as a president he starts with the economy and he goes somewhere else and he'll do what he can to protect the Kurds but that's not our responsibility in the end that's their nation and so we'll do what we can and we'll do what we can especially for the states which is what he is elected to do is the United States Trump said that he planned to protect the Kurds he added that on Friday they committed 50 million dollars to support Christians and other religious minorities in Syria With one clear voice, the U.S. condemns the persecution of Christians. Our previous president did this all the time, didn't he? No, I don't think so. Um, Then he proceeded to speak about the problem of U.S. military involvement in the Middle East, specifically Syria. Any military engagement where we send young men and women to fight and die must have clear objectives. Absolutely vital national interests and a realistic plan for how the conflict will end. We don't want to be in a 19-year war where we serve as policing agent for the whole country, which is what we've been doing in Afghanistan. 19 years, it's the longest war in the history of the United States of America. Because we went in, we won it immediately, and then we decided to stay and start losing. We don't do that. But there you go. In Syria, we were supposed to be there. Anybody remember how long? 30 days. Thank you. And we have been there for 10 years. These wars, they never end. We have to bring our great soldiers back from the never-ending wars. We have spent $8 trillion in the Middle East. I could have bought a pair of shoes for my bare feet with that. $8 trillion. Thousands of American soldiers have lost their lives and tens of thousands more have been wounded. $4 trillion of that sum was on the war in Iraq, adding that now the Middle East is less safe and less secure. Iraq was, and this is where I will disagree with our president. I don't don't do it often, but Iraq was the single worst mistake this country has ever made going into the Middle East. We had to go into Iraq. We had a treaty with Kuwait. We were under obligation. If we did not meet that treaty, then we would have been, with every other country we have a treaty with, they would have been suspect of it. We had to go in against Iraq to liberate Kuwait. What we did after that is totally Separate, But we had to liberate Kuwait, all right? He said he knows that with regard to the Turkish-Syrian border, he is an island of one, with many opposed to his decision. Well, he's not an island of one. I think most, maybe all of you, but most of you would agree that he did the right thing, okay? So he's at least an island of 22. All right, from our Shiva, Tunisia's president-elect normalization with Israel is... Treason. Tunisia's Watania TV aired a debate between the two final contenders in the country's presidential race, with Israel coming up during the debate. Candidate Kais Saeed said that the problem is not with the Jews, and that the Tunisians, including his father, protected Jews from the Nazis. He also said that anybody who normalizes relations with Israel, with which he said Tunisia is in a state of war, should be tried for treason. His opponent, Nabil Karoui, I guess, said that Tunisia should support the Palestinian authority in whatever position they take regarding Israel. Well, they want Israel out in the Mediterranean Sea, and so that's what they're saying, basically, that's what I stand for. When pressed by the hosts whether there would be a clause in the Constitution that would criminalize dealings and normalization with Israel, he answered in the affirmative. On Sunday, it was announced that Saeed had won the presidency with more than 75% of the votes. In 2014, Tunisia's tourism minister faced criticism from parliamentarians over a trip to Israel she took in 2006 to take part in a UN training program for Fakistanian Arab use. In 2017, Tunisia banned the film Wonder Woman, which stars Israeli actress Gal Gadot, because Gadot had defended Israel's counter-terrorism Operation Protective Edge on Facebook. Last year, a Tunisian legislator ripped up an Israeli flag during a parliament session to push his demands for a law criminalizing relations with Israel. So they're definitely not on the side of Israel. On the flip side, the head of the Liberal Tunisian party has opined that his country should normalize ties with Israel. Saying that doing so was in its best interest. So there you go. They're right next to Libya. It could be that they will actually be a part of the band that comes with Libya and Gog Magog coming against uh, uh, Israel in the future. I don't know that, but uh, you can see they are not really content with Israel in the world. But. What they said is true. They did protect the Jews during uh, World War II. It's not so much a Jewish thing as it is an Israel thing. They don't like the fact that the Jews have their own homeland. From the Times of Israel, Israeli farmers sweat as land they work for decades to be given back to Jordan. The area in question comprises two parcels of agricultural land. One of them is known as Naharayim in the Jordan Valley and the other is Sofar. So far, so good. So far in the Arava region in the southern of Israel, which together span 247 acres. These enclaves also include the Island of Peace. It's a park located at the confluence of the Jordan and the Yarmouk rivers. Special clause in the 1994 peace treaty between the countries allowed Israel to retain use of the land for 25 years, with the understanding that the lease will be renewed as a matter of routine. But... In October 2018, amid domestic unrest in Jordan, King Abdullah II announced plans to terminate that lease. In hindsight, Jordan's decision not to extend the lease was predictable. For several years, local farmers have only been cultivating low maintenance crops in Naharayim so as to overcome the erratic behavior of the Jordanian officials who are guarding the site. There were more than a few times when Israeli farmers and their workers were denied access to the land at the random whim of a Jordanian officer. So they knew that this was coming. They had these difficulties all along. And, you know, you don't go into a land that you know is divided between two countries and it can be taken back and spend your life fortune on it because that's not smart policy. So as bad as I feel for these people at the same time, They need to just get over it because this was a part of an agreement which could be nullified any time. So there you go with that. I thought that was just kind of an interesting article. If you've never seen those locations, they really are beautiful. I had pictures all prepared for the Prophecy Update, which are now in some trash can in cyberspace. But anyway, uh, really beautiful place. From Christian News today, a couple things to uh, mention before I get into the first article is... um, If you have children and you want a little Christian children's book, I don't know how much it costs. My friend wrote this, and she does not attend. I'm sure she doesn't watch Prophecy Updates. She's not that type. But she's a very sweet lady. It's called Tots for Truth, and it's uh, just done by my friend Michelle. Anyway, she didn't ask me to say anything about this. I'm just simply saying it without telling her. And I said I'd say it to the church, but not on a Prophecy Update. But the reason why I like Michelle and her family so much is because her father— was the only man I have ever known in the history of this world. I'm sure there's a couple of them, but he's the only one I personally know that preached on every verse of the Bible. He went from Genesis all the way to Revelation. He did over 3,000 sermons. Neville Grit from the uh, Tabernacle, I think, over here and wonderful wonderful man of God I have made one New year's resolution in my whole life just one and it was to get to know that man and so I did and he's got Parkinson's so finally I let him have his time alone on Saturdays after mission work but I did get to know him he's a wonderful man and she did a great little book here so I thought I'd promote that so, for him your mentors that you're for. one of my mentors that I'm very thankful for but having said that um, Because he preached on the whole Bible, and the Bible is actually important. It's a lot more important than prophecy updates. I'd like to say that a lady that started watching the sermons, she watched all of the prophecy updates online. You know, she watched me, and she watched the guy out there, and the guy over here, and the guy up there, and the guy from over there in that country. She watched them all. And uh, I have said this many, many times, is that you should probably stop watching so many prophecy updates Uh, I'd like all of you that are listening right now online to limit yourself to three prophecy updates a week. Yes, drink more coffee or take Tylenol to get you down from that high that you're on. Three prophecy updates a week, and then I would ask you to start watching sermons, actually getting into the Word of God. And the reason why I say that is because she watched, after me imploring her to do that, she said, I'm going to stop watching prophecy updates, except, of course, The Superior Word, and uh, maybe a couple others. But she has watched just in a very short amount of time, every Genesis sermon that we did. And then she went on and she watched the Ruth sermons and she emailed me yesterday and she said, I'm so thankful for Ruth. Can I have those sermons? I would like to use them for a Bible study. So I sent everything to her yesterday. And then from there, she is starting immediately going into Exodus, just like we did. We went first to Genesis and then Ruth and then to Exodus. And so she's following the path that we have gone through. And you will never benefit from watching Prophecy Updates. You will be entertained. You will learn a little bit about the world. You will never benefit in any, any deep way, but you will benefit from watching sermons. If you don't watch these, they're a little technical. They actually take understanding and thought. Okay, watch somebody else. But I would encourage you to start watching sermons and reading your Bible. What's that? She's seen the beach. She has seen the beach. When we were out on the beach with the first probably 40 or so sermons, yes. So there you go. From uh, the Christian News, our first article is Zero Hedge. The Church of England, the UK must ban pointy knives. Yes, this is real. The Church of England is demanding that the UK use force and violence to ban pointy knives. A religious organization is now insisting that crime be reduced by further enslaving the population. Last year, London's murder rate briefly overtook that of New York City, something we reported on, a feat likely to be repeated as crime continues its decline in the United States, while the latest UK figures show an increase in violent crimes committed with both guns and knives. And that's because they keep importing people they shouldn't import, and we have stopped that flow. That's why, in spite of all the laws restricting ownership of anything that could constitute a weapon, violent crimes are getting much worse. Instead of giving people more freedom and the human dignity of being able to defend themselves against these attacks Religious organizations and the government want to take steps to ensure only those committing violent acts have the means to do So we the undersigned here's what they say are professionals and community leaders from across the United Kingdom who call on government To see the sale of pointed domestic kitchen knives as a thing of the past now. These are church people and they're saying, "What are, how'd they say that? Are professionals and community leaders. You talk about people that probably shouldn't be in the pulpit at all. There you go. Anyway, um, let's see here. No Pointy <laughs> Knives reads the not a parody open letter from the Diocese of Rochester signed by the church leaders, lawmakers, psychiatrists, academics, and the like. Historically, we needed a point on the end of our knife to pick up food because forks weren't invented. <laughs> Yeah, this is real. Now we only need the point to open packets when we can't be bothered to find the scissors. Okay, so now no more pointy scissors. That's going to be next, right? Every knife sold in the United Kingdom, listen to this, every knife sold in the United Kingdom should have a GPS tracker fitted into the handle. Yes, no. It's time we had a national database like we do with guns. It's not a joke. It's a letter that they sent. From Breitbart, Vatican Synod on Amazon proposes recognition of ecological sins. Participants in the Vatican Synod on the Amazon region proposed adding sins against the environment to the lists of traditionally recognized sins in their second day of discussions and deliberations. Synod fathers called for an ecological conversion that would allow people to see the gravity of sins against the environment as sins against God against our neighbor and against future generations now think of this they have got a giant problem with pedophilia in the Catholic Church and this is what they're worried about here this would imply a need to produce and spread more widely a theological literature that would include ecological sins along side traditional sins, the report stated. The working document of the Amazon Synod frames the entire question of the church's renewal in the region in terms of the environment, proposing new paths for the church, and an integral ecology. In order to be ever more synodal, the church must listen to the peoples and to the earth by coming into contact with the abundant reality of an Amazon full of life and wisdom But also of contrasts the text states now tell me any of that makes any sense at all it continues with the cry that is provoked by destructive deforestation and extractivist activities and that demands an integral ecological conversion again and again the document directs the synod members to turn their attention to the cries of the earth and to convert the aggression towards this vital zone of mother earth this is gaia worship that's all this is yeah, yeah. mother earth and its inhabitants threatens their subsistence their culture and their spirituality it proclaims. Spirituality, meaning that these are animists. they are people out in the desert that are worshiping spirits, and they want to protect that. They write all this down and hand out copies to everybody? They wrote it all down and they handed out copies to everybody. Yes, they paper did. copies. Uh, uh, yeah, paper copies for everybody. It also affects the life of all humanity, especially the poor, the excluded, the marginalized, the persecuted. The present situation calls urgently for an integral ecological conversion. The culture of the Amazon, which integrates human beings with nature, constitutes a benchmark for building a new paradigm of integral ecology, it declares. Well, there you go. That's what they're up to in the Vatican right now from the Christian Post. And their super secret handshake, too. They're working on that. but. From the Christian Post, Adam Hamilton says the United Methodist Church will lose at least 3,400 churches next year over the LGBT debate. In explaining his estimate, megachurch pastor and author Adam Hamilton reasoned that between 3,400 and 6,800 congregations will leave the UMC in protest to join a theologically conservative denomination... Well, another 300 to 1,000 churches will decide that the denomination is not inclusive enough. So they're going to go in both directions and have a couple in the middle. So we'll lose 3,400 to 6,800 on one side and maybe 300 to 1,000 churches on the other side, explained Hamilton, who admitted that that was just a guess. An opponent, listen to this, an opponent of the current UMC Book of Discipline, Language on Homosexuality, Hamilton went on to say that he believed the Book of Discipline will be changed next year. We are going to remove from the Book of Discipline, you know what side this guy is on when he says this, the language that is harmful to human beings. So he's on the pervert side. That's where he is, okay? Declared Hamilton, receiving applause from the audience. Okay, so this is his stand, and that is why you never ever attend a denomination that has a book of discipline or a book of order or anything like that. Because once you have that, that becomes what you use to regulate your life, your church life, your religion, whatever you're doing. And that can be amended. That's right. And because it can be amended and the Bible can't be, then you have a problem. There you go. From Weasel Zippers, a couple things on politicians, just so you know where they stand, in case you were hoping on voting for them. (laughs) Beto. Churches that do not believe in same-sex marriage should lose tax-exempt status. So if you want to vote for Beto, you're going to lose your tax-exempt status, which is nonsense anyway. We're not tax-exempt here. We never have been and we never will be, but that's where he stands on it. But at least he's an equal opportunity offender because somebody asked him later Well, what about this? And then he says, yeah, ban all the Muslims and ban the this and ban the that. No, no. You know, he wants tax-exempt status for liberal causes only is what he wants. Anyway, from Weasel Zippers, Warren mocks men who say they don't believe in gay marriage because of their faith. So you can't have faith in what your religious text says because she's a Democrat. Okay, from Islam Today, Zero Hedge. Refugee explosion even greater than 2015 to hit Europe. This is maybe going to happen. We're going to see where this goes. I'm going to read it, and we'll just watch it. Right now, they're trying to carve out their little safe space in Syria. We're just going to see where this goes. But if it doesn't, this will be the natural result. Germany's Interior Minister, Horst Seehofer, said that the refugees and immigrants are set to flood Europe on a scale even bigger than the peak of the 2015 crisis. We must do more to help our European partners with controls on the EU external borders. How dare they say that? They tell us that we can't protect our southern border and then they come and say we have to have controls on our borders. How dare those Europeans? We have left them alone for too long. If we do that, we will once again face a refugee wave like in 2015 or maybe even greater. Seehofer further said that if the EU doesn't unite to find strength to solve this problem, it faces total loss of control, if and when the next major crisis hits. Seehofer said of Turkey's current situation, which is now openly declaring it stands ready to correct the demographics of northern Syria by forcibly removing its Kurdish inhabitants and then move some two million Arab Syrian refugees into the safe zone so that it is cleared we cannot manage the future with the resources of the past. This is in reference to a prior EU deal with Ankara to take back refugees from Greece for $6 billion in aid. Before I go on, are you comfortable, Miss Garrett? She just came in, she she thought I didn't see her, but she snuck in and there she got herself into the chair. The uh, main migrant routes to Europe are the opening of 2015, which saw a million flood into Europe in a short span. Something which some are warning is set to be repeated in the coming year. One thing is for certain, should all-out war be the result of the expected imminent Turkish invasion of Syria, which has now taken place over the past couple days, there will be a new refugee explosion out of northern Syria and possibly Iraq, given Iraq's Kurdistan region is precisely where many Syrian Kurdish as well as Christian civilians fleeing Turkish tanks would end up. There is in this, in addition to a renewed, grinding, multi-party civil war in Libya, unfolding as General Khalifa Haftar's forces continue their push to wrest the capital of Tripoli from the UN-backed government of the National Accord. So, there you have that. You've got Libya talking about it. You've got Iraq, which will certainly be under the umbrella of Iran during Gog Magog. You've got Turkey. All of them are in turmoil right now as they're being defined and set up to do whatever they are going to do when they come against Israel it's all being seen but at the same time you wonder how everybody's gonna get beheaded it's because these people will probably I'm not gonna say this is definitely but if they don't resolve this these people are going to flood up into Europe and they're gonna have another million of them to behead more people the Bible says it's coming those who are beheaded well how are how is that gonna come about it's because people are going to be in such large numbers that they can do so anyway talking about that why why does Europe have this problem well it's liberalism but here's the reason why I brought it up in an update maybe three four five months ago it's because Turkey said I will hold two million people in my country if you will make sure that you take care of them you send me money because I'm a part of NATO and you I need help I can't just pay for two million people to live in tents and feed them every day and the European Union said yes we will do that and they have not done it. They haven't sent him anything. And so he said, if you're not going to help, I'm going to go carve out a place for these people. And if that doesn't work, they're going to go to you. And I'm going to make sure they go to you. This is why this is happening, as the EU shot itself in its own foot. From uh, Zero Hedge, EU must reject Turkey's blackmail on Syrian refugees, urges Italy's Conti. Though Erdogan has been used to getting his way, utilizing well-known bullying tactics, it appears Europe is not going to fold this time. After yesterday, EC President Juncker declared of Turkey's push to militarily carve out a safe zone in northern Syria that if the Turkish plan involves the creation of a so-called safe zone, don't expect the EU to pay for any of it. Well, they haven't paid for anything anyway, so there you go as some EU leaders have pushed back against his reiterated threat to open the doors for 3.6 million refugees currently in Turkey to seek shelter in Europe if external powers don't support his operation. Italian Prime Minister Conti said the EU must adopt a common position against Erdogan's threats. Well, they should, and I agree with that, but they ought to do something about it at the same time, and they should have done something about it all along. We cannot accept that there will be blackmailing involved. And the welcoming given by Turkey to refugees with European funding and the offensive in Syria. No doubt Erdogan won't take kindly to the Italian leader charging him with an attempt to blackmail, but Conte firmly voiced what many EU leaders are likely thinking. There you go. This is what we call one giant mess. That's what we have. Zero hedge. And this is what you get when you have one giant mess. Sweden. One in four women are afraid to leave their homes because they allowed that giant mess to infiltrate. There you go. 15.3% of people age 16 or older stated that they do not want to go out in the evening out of concern about being assaulted or threatened. Among women, the proportion was almost 25%. In cases where the victim did not know the attacker, the proportion of foreign offenders was more than 80%. Nearly 40% of the convicted rapists are from the Middle East or Africa, areas of the world from which Sweden has accepted large numbers of migrants in recent years. A study by the (laughs) Swedish newspaper Aftonbladet, I guess is how you, I don't know how you pronounce that, anyway, found that 88% of gang rapists in the Scandinavian country over the last six years have had a migrant background. Other figures show that migrants from Muslim-majority nations commit 84% of very violent rapes in Sweden. It's just news. I'm not making this up. This is just news. This is reality. From Zero Hedge, Erdogan holding 50 U.S. tactical nuclear weapons hostage as Trump authorizes sanctions. Those weapons, one senior official said, were now essentially Erdogan's hostages. This is at Incirlik Air Base. We have an air base that's been in Turkey forever. It's part of NATO, and we have nuclear weapons there. That's not a secret. It never has been. We have 50 in the country, but most of them are at Incirlik, okay? To fly them out of Incirlik would be to mark the de facto end of the Turkish-American alliance, To keep them there, though, is to perpetuate a nuclear vulnerability that should have been eliminated years ago. Absolutely. But that's where we're at right now. From Haaretz, Trump didn't listen to these two differing articles, okay? I picked two titles for you this week so you can see if somebody is on the left or if they're on the right. Okay. Haaretz is a very liberal magazine over in, uh, what do you call it, Uh, Israel. Haaretz. Trump didn't think he could ever lose the evangelical vote, but then he abandoned the Kurds. That's their take on this. From the Times of Israel, religious right sticks by Trump as impeachment threat looms. President's close ties to the evangelical base stem from successful policy goals from restricting abortion to defending Israel. So the leftover in Israel says he's lost the evangelical vote. The right in Israel says he has the evangelical vote. So there you go. From Mongolia today, from Xinhua four dead after allegedly using processed coal in Mongolia. I didn't know that processed coal can kill you. At least four people were killed after allegedly burning processed coal to keep warm. And you know, we're gonna need to do this next weekend because they say it's gonna get down to 83 degrees (laughs) next weekend. So we're gonna have to have our long johns out, we're gonna have to have have our sweaters ready, and we're gonna need processed coal. A total of 16 people from several families have been hospitalized after allegedly using the processed fuel for domestic use. I don't know. I have no idea what it is. The mayor of the capital city ordered relevant officials to determine causes of the deaths and whether the case was related to the processed fuel. Ulaanbaatar, home to over half of Mongolia's population, suffers from severe air pollution in winter. On May 15th, a government ban on domestic use of low-grade coal in Ulaanbaatar came into force with the aim of reducing air pollution. Since then, households in the city have been supplied with processed fuel instead of raw coal. So it must be like charcoal briquettes that you use for, uh, you know, your uh, outside barbecue. It's probably something like that's processed and so it it's must... be crushed and mixed with water and transported. Through pipeline. Okay, crushed and mixed with water and transported through pipelines, but they must add in a bonding agent or something yeah, yeah. in order to uh, cause these people to get poisoned, but there you go. From Daniel 12 Technology, that's our tech specialist over there, oh, yeah, yeah. finding out all the important information that we need to know. From Mail Online, engineers design camera lens that is 20 times thinner than a human hair to make smartphones perfectly flat. The lens was developed by engineers at the University of Utah who believe it could be used to flatten the loathe camera bumps in addition to being added to drones and night vision cameras for military purposes. Co-author of the paper said, Our lens is a hundred times lighter and a thousand times thinner, but the performance can be as good as conventional lenses. A conventional curved lens takes light that bounces off an object and bends it before it ultimately reaches the camera sensor that forms the digital picture. But this new lens has many microstructures, each bending the light in the correct direction at the sensor. The team has developed a fabrication process with the new type polymer along with algorithms that can calculate the geometry of these microstructures. You can think of these microstructures as very small pixels of a lens, They're not a lens by themselves, but all working together to act as a lens. The result is a lens that is flat instead of curved and more than 20 times thinner than human hair with the added capability of being used in thermal imaging to see objects in the dark. Very cool. Oh, brave new world. Mail online. I'll get that for my new cell phone anytime now, okay? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Mail online. New battery-powered buzzer that sticks to your forehead is the latest bid to tackle snoring. Yes, a Band-Aid-sized gadget worn on the forehead that vibrates when the wearer rolls onto their back is the latest bid to tackle snoring. Researchers found that the forehead gadget reduced snoring symptoms by a third within days of using it. So you get a little shock and it stops you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Revelation Plagues Today from Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Kim Jong-un, I had some great photos for that particular article, and, well, dang it. (laughs) All gone, Kim Jong-un may be hiding a hog apocalypse from the world. By official accounts, the pig contagion wreaking havoc across eastern Asia has virtually skipped over North Korea, with a single outbreak reported there in May. But wayward feral pigs have stoked concern that Kim Jong-un's reclusive state is hiding an African swine fever disaster. Five wild boars were found dead in or near border areas separating the two countries this month before being tested positive for the viral hemorrhagic disease. The finding reflects the freedom with which animals roam in the 2.5 mile wide buffer zone that divides the nations and creates an involuntary park and refuge for fauna. It also hints at a spillover of the deadly virus from North Korea where unofficial reports indicate the disease is spreading out of control. South Korea has deployed helicopters to disinfect parts of the 250-kilometer-long border barrier, near which more than a dozen outbreaks have occurred on farms since the virus was first reported there a month ago. African swine fever has spread to almost all areas of North Korea, and pigs in the western province of northern Pyongyang have been wiped out. So what's been happening in China has apparently been happening in North Korea, and he hasn't told anybody. And they are already at their limit on food consumption. They're like on starvation diets. If those pigs are gone, they are going to be starving again as they have several times over the past decades in North Korea. From Gizmodo, here's the result of that for South Korea. Apocalypse in the making. Authorities to use drones and snipers to kill infected pigs. These ones that are coming over the border. South Korea plans to slaughter invading diseased pigs using troops of swine assassins and thermal imaging drones. The nation's agricultural ministry announced on Sunday that the government planned the boorish, get the pun, the boorish strike to hinder an influx of pigs carrying African swine fever coming into the nation from North Korea. The government will send civilian and military snipers to Gosing, Huachon, Inje, Paju, and Yanggu along the civilian control line. If the tactic has proven a safe and efficient way of culling pigs, then the government may deploy more hunters. So they're actually having the military with their best snipers going out there just to save their pig farms. It's amazing. This is going to be worldwide soon, probably. From Morality Today, Mail Online. Girls are skipping school to avoid sharing gender neutral toilets with boys after being left to feel unsafe and ashamed. What do you think's going to happen? What do you think's going to happen? Yes, menstruating girls are staying home for fear of being made to feel period shame. Some are risking infections by refusing to go to the bathroom all day long by not drinking. Doctors and politicians called on schools to halt the move toward unisex toilets. That won't happen. They have lost it over in the U.K. And that's what they want right here in the United States of America and everywhere else on this planet. From Cincinnati.com, Milford High School elects two girls as homecoming royalty. King and queen gender roles are tossed out. Milford High School had two girls becoming homecoming royalty instead of having a male king and female queen at Friday night's football game. The two girls held scepters instead of wearing crowns. Milford's change to homecoming royalty instead of king and queen is the way homecoming will be handled forevermore according to a news release from Milford Schools. The terminology change was made to ensure all students have the opportunity to feel included and reflect the voice of Milford's collective student body, according to the release. So you have the kids running the school. And they've been infected by these people that are teaching this stuff. From Mail Online, here you go. We had it here on two of our airlines. Here's another one. Air Canada will stop referring to passengers as ladies and gentlemen during onboard announcements to remove specific references to gender. It will mean staff will greet customers using phrases such as, hello, everyone, we want to ensure an inclusive space for everyone the airline told the workers the change will be adopted by gate agents flight attendants and pilots so there you go our other category from Zero Hedge California's new red flag gun law is so extreme that the ACLU deems significant threat to civil liberties when the ACLU gets involved in anything it's already liberal. They they can't t- stomach this. So there you go. Oh, wow. California adopted 15 firearms related bills last Friday, including a controversial red flag gun confiscation law, which adds coworkers, employers, and educators to the list of who can file a gun violence restraining order on those they say are a danger to themselves and others. So if you don't like your coworker, you just go report him and that is it. You lose your rights to your guns. Currently, only law enforcement and immediate family members can apply to temporarily confiscate people's firearms. The ACLU said it poses a significant threat to civil liberties, since guns can be seized from owners before they have an opportunity to contest the requests, and those making the requests may lack the relationship or skills required to make an appropriate assessment. Or they may just not like you, and they may just want you to suffer. You. 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 Not me. You, buddy. That's J. He's the tenth letter of the alphabet. You. All right. All that's needed for a coworker or educator to file a complaint is to have a substantial and regular interactions with gun owners, along with permission from their employers or school administrators. Those seeking the orders will be required to file a sworn statement outlining their concerns. Well, if you're on the left, a sworn statement doesn't mean anything anyway, so who cares? And if you don't believe in God, then yeah. where's what are you swearing on? My mom's grave? She's dead. Zero, not my mom. I'm saying, you know what? From Zero Hedge. Kansas girl, 13. Listen to this. This is really an important article if you think about it. Kansas girl, 13. is charged with felony for making gun-like hand gesture yes toward classmates a felony Felony. listen to this a 13 year old girl in Overland Park Kansas was arrested last month and charged with a felony after police say her classmates claimed she made a gun like hand gesture at multiple students now listen to what happened though the girl who is a student at Westridge Middle School flashed the finger gun at four fellow students and then toward herself on September 18th after her classmates Asked her which five people in the classroom she would kill so they asked her and she just said and they've charged her with the felony Uh -uh. said Overland Park Police Chief Frank Donchez this gets worse this gets worse the girl's grandfather says that she was simply mouthing off I think that this is something that probably could have been handled in the principal's office and got completely out of hand the girls arrest highlights the tense situation at schools across the United States as well as the region Just last month, at nearby Hucker Grove Middle School, two 13-year-old students showed up to school with real guns stashed in their backpacks. Now listen to this. The children were charged with misdemeanors, and the Hucker Grove principal said that no evidence suggested the teens plan to use their guns at school. She gets a felony charge for doing this. Oh, I'm sorry, don't report me, please. I shouldn't have done that. And then these two kids bring loaded guns to school and they get a misdemeanor. Okay, uh, let's see here. However, in the case of the young girl, threatening is a felony. They asked her. So she's threatening because they asked her. Who would you shoot? Let's go down to the prison. Okay, anyway, um, let's see here. Such charges could haunt her in the future as felony charges can undermine students' chances of being accepted into some colleges or the U.S. military. If convicted, the girl could face a year at juvenile detention center. They get a misdemeanor and they get to go back to school the next day with loaded guns. And she gets a felony mail online California dreamin nation's most populous state becomes first in the u.s. to push back school start times we talked about this it was a proposed legislation here it is it's been approved with high schools banned from ringing bells before 8 30 a.m. from July 2022 middle schools will start the school day no earlier than 8 a.m. while high schools will be prohibited from commencing before 8 30 a.m. A CDC study from 2017 found that 75% of teenagers are getting by on less than eight hours sleep per night. (laughs) Leaving them vulnerable to mental health risks. You know what the cure for that was? Susan Garrett. That's the cure for that. You go to bed. It was 9 o'clock and we weren't in bed. She called dad. That's the cure. You just tell your children what to do instead of letting them tell you what to do. Mail online. California bans cops from using facial recognition technology in body cams amid fears of dystopian technology. That is ridiculous. California bans the use of facial recognition recordings captured by body cams. bill goes into effect in 2020. It also prohibits cops throughout the state from using biometric surveillance. You can't do any biometric surveillance. And they, it, the reason why is because they're a sanctuary state. And they don't want anybody recognized so that you can't get these people and deport them. That's what it comes down to. They want criminals in their state because they get more money from the federal government for the more people that are on welfare, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just a big bloated thing that goes on. From Reuters, California governor says broad power shut down to prevent fires unacceptable. This is a governor saying that's unacceptable. Well, guess who started it? California governor Gavin Newsom called a widespread electricity shutdown triggered by a power company to prevent wildfires unacceptable as gale force winds and dry weather posed a critical fire threat to the north of the state so let it burn down and when it burns down then and G gets blamed it doesn't matter which way they go they get unacceptable or they get sued so that's one way or another so PG&E imposed unprecedented shutoffs that left more than 730,000 homes and workplaces in Northern California without power on the second day of planned outages. Some of the state's most devastating wildfires were sparked in recent years by damage to electrical transmission lines from high winds, with flames then spreading through the tender dry vegetation to populated areas. But what they left out of the article, and I brought up in a previous article, is that the wackos, the environmental wackos in California, would not allow them to cut the The trees around these lines and that's what caused the problem P&G was limited they were not allowed to and so the government got them into the mess and now the government is blaming them for the mess from zero hedge California hit by dual shock LA gas prices spike above five dollars as residents learn that solar panels don't work in blackouts there you go that's California for you Okay, and I'm sorry, all the people that are out in California, I'm sorry for you. I, I love you guys. I love people all over this nation, but when Massachusetts has crummy leaders, I bring them up. You know, they just got to talk about the policies of these liberals. Got a couple lessericks for you. I got a lesserick here for you. UK's seeing too much of great strife, so they need to go under. The knife. If they're missing the point, they won't land in the joint. They should nip it. So says Barney Fife. That's a good one. All right, I got a couple ironies for you. They are called Didn't Your Mother Warn You? From Mail Online, Thief blows himself up as he plants explosives on a cash machine in Russia. And he literally blew himself up. You can go watch the video online if you want to. Boom. And then Mail Online, didn't your mother warn you not to do that? (laughs) Mail Online, instant karma, bungling thief is smacked in the face by a brick he tries to smash car window with. He throws it at, bounces back, and hits him in the face. (laughs) Go watch it online. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, didn't your mom warn you? I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.